starting a new series called Wait What? And um, the reason it's called that is because I say this all the time. I'm a kind of a curious person, and so I'm always seeking information out. And then uh, when someone gives me information uh, that is like shocking or unbelievable, I go, wait, what? <laughs> That's how I say it. And so uh, I was thinking about this uh, over the months and um, this idea that there are things in the Bible that just seem so unbelievable that you would hear it and go, wait, what? Like the fact that we can experience peace in the midst of troubles, wait, what? That's possible? Oh, yeah, it's totally possible. The fact that you can hear from Almighty God, wait, what? The God of the universe? Yeah, yeah, you can hear from him. It might not be in the way you think, or you might have an idea of what it would sound like if God spoke to you. For me, it mostly sounds like my wife. Um, uh, that was a bad marriage joke. Um, right? But God speaks to me in questions a lot. So if I hear a question in my head, I'm always like, Lord, is that, is that you? Like, you know, why are you, why, why does this mean so much to you right now? Like that question will come in. I'm like, oh, that's, that's the Lord, right? Yeah. Or he's just like, who are you? No, I'm just kidding. He just, right? So, so, so you can really hear from God. You can really understand the Bible. Wait, what? That thing seems so confusing. And it was written over hundreds of years and different cultures and different authors and different, you can really understand the Bible. Yeah, you can really understand the Bible. And so that's what we'll be going over uh, for the next few weeks in this idea of wait, what? Now, this comes up to me a lot of times when I'm talking to people about politics. I, I, I'm not into politics. I don't have a party. I don't, I, I just can't. And, um, and so they'll try to explain to me one of their, whatever side they're on, one of their conspiracy theories. And I'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what? How did, are, what? Is that right? So that's, that's the same. That's the idea that we're doing. But this morning, what I wanted to do is not talk about one of the unbelievable things in the Bible that are actually true. What I wanted to talk to you about was those of you who might be doubting or know someone who might be doubting. Because if you start in the process where you just don't believe any of it, then everything in the Bible is going to be unbelievable. But what I really hope to do by the end of our time this morning is to allow you to be comfortable in your doubts. That doubting is not necessarily disbelief. Maybe you're just curious. And maybe you're just in the process of, wait, what? So what we're going to do is we're going to start off in Matthew. We're going to look at some really encouraging verses. I think they're encouraging at the end of Matthew, right before Jesus ascends to heaven. And then we're going to go into John, and we're going to look at the most famous doubtful person that you, in the whole wide Bible. Do you guys guess who it is? Yeah, Doubting Thomas. Dude gets a bad rap. Uh, I like Doubting Thomas. He's a good dude. So, um, so we'll, we'll go into that, and then we'll end up in a, a scripture in James. But t here's what's happened. Jesus, has, uh, in Matthew, where we're going to look at right now, Jesus has uh, gone through his ministry. He's been uh, tortured uh, and crucified. He's died, and he rose again, and he, visit, he makes about 13 appearances. So that's where we are in Matthew. He's just about ready to leave the disciples, and he says, um, 
go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the commands that I've given you. This is the Great Commission. This is where they're just like, look, this is, this is how you're going to go from here. So, so this is Jesus. This is at the very end, okay? Three years of ministry. They've seen everything. They've, they know. They've, they've felt the nail prints in his hands. They, they know everything that, that's going on. Now watch what happens. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had told them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. The reason there's 11 disciples, because maybe you've always heard there were 12. One of them took his own life after he uh, betrayed Jesus, okay? And so uh, he just couldn't handle the, the shame and the guilt of that, which is Something to keep in mind. Don't betray Jesus. Okay, that's just extra. That had nothing to do with the sermon. It's just an extra little thing that you can take home. Don't betray Jesus, right? So, so when they saw him, they worshipped him. And of course, of course they worshipped him. I mean, imagine what they've seen. They've seen the blind healed, like blind people, that they knew, that they'd seen begging. They, they were in a house where a paralyzed guy was gone down through the roof. I mean, and then they saw him get up and walk out. They saw 5,000 people get fed with just a little, like a boy's lunch. Then they saw 4,000 people get fed in the, almost the same manner. They saw a guy, this crazy dude in caves and chains and all this stuff, like a 5150 call. And they, Jesus shows up and the demons go into this swamp, herd of pigs and they just jump off a cliff. They saw Jesus walk on water. <laughs> Can you imagine? They saw Jesus uh, raise their friend Lazarus from the dead, right? Roll away the stone. And then my favorite, like I've mentioned before, my favorite uh, King James version, he stinketh. <laughs> I, guess I, I just love that, right? They, they saw that. They saw that. They, see, they saw uh, um, Jesus calm the storms. They're in a boat, and everything's going crazy, and Jesus is like, that's cool. They saw him after they'd fished all day long, right? And Jesus is like, oh, throw your nets on the other side. And they're like, I don't think you know how lakes work, Jesus, but uh, okay. They do, they haul, they haul in a, a great deal of fish. They saw a lot of stuff, man. They saw a lot of stuff. They saw Jesus die, and they saw Jesus risen from the dead. Right? So what makes these next three words that Matthew pens incredible to me? This is the end of his ministry. He's about ready to go shooting into heaven, right? I don't know how he, ha how he does it. You know, he was like, I, I don't know, right? But it's about to happen. But some doubted. Wait, what? Some doubt. Okay. You go back, who was up there? Like a crowd of people? Because I could understand like a, a crowd of people. But the 11? The 11 that had seen everything, some doubted? Come on, son, how do you doubt from that? Now, you might think it different than I do, but I think this is some of the most encouraging things penned in Scripture. Because what it means is, Jesus was comfortable with them in their doubts, and he loved them anyway. And that it's also encouraging 
that I think if I were there, if I could have seen all these things, I would have more faith. And that might not be true. I might be thinking to myself throughout the whole thing, did he have food stored somewhere else? And that's why the 5,000 are gone. Hey, next time when we do this again, just watch his hands. See what he's doing, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Some doubted. Let me tell you something. If you're doubting right now, if you're watching online and you're doubting right now, you're in really, really good company. And the Lord's not offended by that at all. He's not even troubled by it. Because those who were closest to him also doubted. It's amazing. It's encouraging to me. Because even as a pastor, you know, I've been a Christian for who knows how long. I mean, my entire life, all 36 years of my life, I've been a Christian. No, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's good. That's good. Remove this gentleman, please. Okay, all right. Right? Some doubt it. Listen, Oswald Chambers says it this way. Doubt is not always a sign that a man or a woman is wrong. It may be a sign that they're thinking. You see that? Some of the, yeah, anyway, that, so that might be it. So we're going to go from here with this understanding to a story to see how Jesus deals up front, face-to-face with someone's doubting. Uh, and wh- where we are now is in John. And what's happened is Jesus um, has risen from the dead. They're in this house with all the doors locked because they're afraid of the uh, Jewish leaders. Why are they afraid of the Jewish leaders? Oh, because they killed Jesus, right? And he, they're the disciples. And so they're frightened. And Jesus pops in. The doors are locked, and he just appears. And he didn't go to angel school, so he doesn't say, do not be afraid. He says, peace be with you. And I know I read oftentimes too much into the Bible, but I think he meant to scare them. I think he thought it was funny. He just shows up and, peace be with you. Like, like what? <laughs> Jesus, you know, that's how I would have done it. And before you think that I'm a heretic, Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy, it says in Hebrews, so he very well could have done that. I don't know. I'm reading too much into it, but I would have been the peace be with you. You know, you just really get him going. It's like, hey, Peter, you betrayed me. That's, your, that's what you get back at you, right? So, so, uh, so th- there he is, right? And so, and then he says something crazy. He goes, uh, Receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathes on them, right? And this introduces the Holy Spirit into the mix of the early church. And so Thomas wasn't there. Thomas was somewhere else. We don't know where he was. He could have been out mourning. He could have been like, I heard Jesus was around. I'm going to go look for him. And then he misses it. We don't know. But this is where we catch the story. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, okay, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came that first time. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. And it's kind of cool the way the Greek is here. It's kind of like they just keep telling him over and over again. And if you're doubting right now, you might be surrounded that people... All around you are like, oh, man, I had this great time with the Lord. I had this great time with the Lord. Oh, I read his word. I got so much out of it. And you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't. How do I make myself believe? Like, I want what you have. But how, how do I do that? I'm here to tell you that Jesus is comfortable with you in that position. 
He's comfortable with you. You don't have to check your brain in at the door. So imagine how frustrating it is for Thomas where he's going, you know, I know you keep telling me this, bro, but I can't, I can't, right? That's a very frustrating place to be in. And if you're a doubter or you're somebody who's, who's seeking and searching, I know it can be very frustrating that you don't feel what the people around you are feeling. Here's how far Thomas takes it. He says, look, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side. See, he knew exactly what was going on. He saw what happened with Jesus. He knows about the nails. He knows about the spear. And he's like, I got to what? See it to what? Yeah. But we just read in Matthew. Oh, no, a lot of people saw it. And they doubt it, right? And so that's what he says, I, I, I will not believe. So watch what happens. This is so cool, you guys. You've got to read your Bible. Got to read your Bible. A week later, a week later. So a week, for a week, Thomas has to be hearing, I'm telling you, bro, we saw the Lord. Like, I don't know, I can't. I, but where is he now? Where, like, he goes a week. And he stays with the disciples. Now, let me just share my heart with you. If you're a doubter or you're a seeker or you're just trying to work it all out, the fact that you're here, that you remained even in your doubt is so bold. That takes so much courage to be able to stick around and you're watching everybody live out their faith and you're watching all these things and they feel something and you don't and you've stayed, you keep showing up. That's amazing. Great job. Great job. Because part of you, I, I just know it, you want to be authentic. And you're like, I'm not going to fake this. If I don't believe it, how do I manufacture it? But you stick with it. It's not, not authentic to be doubtful and still trying and still on the journey. There's nothing inauthentic about that. You're not faking it. It's part of a journey. And if you knew the things I was doubtful about, I'd probably be kicked out of the church. Because there are still things, after everything I've seen, do you know how much I've seen? I'm just like, man, this one thing. You know, maybe it goes back to when my son was deep into his seizures with epilepsy. And I'm thinking to myself, can he really heal? Or did he just wind up this earth and let it go? I struggle too, man. I do. So I get you. A week later. He does it. I also want to talk to another group of people, the disciples people who saw everything and believed everything. They allowed Timothy to be part of their tribe. I mean, Thomas, to be part of their tribe, even though he doubted. And for you, Christian, who are surrounded by people that are doubting and you love them and accept them and say, no, 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 that's fine. We're, we'll work out. But the Bible says it this way. We'll work out our salvation together with fear and trembling. I've been where you are. It's one of the beautiful things. It's why I, I, I said thank you this morning to the church. It's one of the beautiful things. I know I can have anybody walk through those doors, doubter, non-doubter, whatever, and they'll be accepted. That's why we say belong, believe, be changed. You can belong here before you believe. But I want you to believe some stuff. I'm not going to back down off of that because I want you to be changed. And so there's this beautiful picture of the church 
that for a week they're all together and Thomas is trying to figure it all out. It's, it's beautiful. For some of you, you might have left the church because you didn't experience what the disciples, the disciples were doing for Thomas. When you had a question, when you raised an issue, you were immediately rejected. Hey, don't, we don't talk like that, or we don't do that, or why are you asking those questions? And here's the unfortunate truth for you questioners and doubters uh, that kind of felt that way of the, ch- of the church, how you were treated by the church. You know why they were so quick to shut you down? Is because they doubt too. And they didn't have a good answer for you. And so out of their insecurity, they said, no, 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 we don't ask those questions here. That's very sad, right? All right, so here we go. Though the doors were locked, here we go again. I'm telling you, a second time, right? Because he's almost like, I could, I could bust in the, I, I wonder after he ascended for like two months, they were just like, oh man, he's going to pop in here. And he said, you know, right? So Jesus came and stood among them. Right? I said, peace be with you. Right? There he is. He he does it again. You know? And you know what I would have said if I were a disciple? I would have said, I thought you stood at the door and knocked. Right? (laughs) Isn't that funny? Okay. I'll stop. I'm I'm not going to stop my dad jokes ever. Okay? So you're you're stuck. Yeah. There we go. Now that person gets a raise. I don't know who that is. So he says, "Peace, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas... Oh, man, I wonder what's coming. Thomas, the doubter, out of the 11 that were left, one of them doubted. And I can imagine when Jesus turns to Thomas, all the other disciples were like, I, I, I believed Jesus. I just want to, you know, before whatever happens over here, I just want to make it clear that I believed from the very beginning. You know, they all kind of move away, and there's poor Thomas sitting by himself. So what does Jesus say to this doubter, this, this seeker, this one who has to see it to believe it? He says, how dare you? No, he didn't actually he didn't say that. I just wrote that down. He said, uh, well, look who's smarter than everybody else. <laughs> Right, right. He he got real close to him and he says, "Bro, you better get in line quick. <laughs> I'm at the end of my rope." He could have said, "After all you've seen, really, you didn't believe." Now, for those of you doubting, for those of you who know people are doubting, and maybe you're you're, you're you've been given this. It was shared to you from a friend because they want you to feel comfortable knowing it's okay to seek, right? Jesus' response is just amazing to me. It's amazing to me. This is what he says. Put your finger here. Put your finger here. Jesus approaches Thomas. Jesus doesn't back off of Thomas. Jesus doesn't berate Thomas. He goes, you want to you see? And I, I just think there's some of you who are this close to going from doubting to going, you know what? I think I've seen enough. I'm ready to hand over my life to Jesus. And he says, put, put your finger in, and put your hand on my side. Now, I'm kind of a germaphobe. Like this is like, I'd have been like, no, I'm good, man. I, I saw it. 
it's good. I don't need to touch it. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to touch it, right? I wonder for Thomas, he's like, no, I, ha- I have to touch it. And that was what he needed. And my prayer for you is that you will get what you need, that Jesus will approach you, and you will get what you need. It won't be proof, because even that doesn't stop doubt. They saw everything, and at the very last, up to the very last second before he ascended, some still doubted. So you won't get everything. It won't be a perfect, you know, Lord, if I, you know, if you exist, you know, put a Tesla in my driveway. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The system he has set up requires faith. So there will be a disconnect. There will be a leap that you'll have to take. He says this, and maybe this is what Jesus has for you this morning. Stop doubting and believe. Now, that just seems irresponsible because you can't make someone believe. But what Jesus is saying is, let's stop focusing on the doubting and let's start shifting to what do you believe? What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about a a relationship with him? What do you believe about the word of God? And he says, my Lord and my God. He goes from doubts to shouts. He goes from, 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 from being doubtful to being sh- to shout out, my Lord and my God. This is the first time a person actually acknowledges the deity of Christ right there. And guess who it was? It was the one who doubted. And I wonder when you get past this doubt and you begin to take that step of faith, how God is going to use you to spread the word of God, that you might be the only one who can share to another doubter because you were able to make that leap. And then Jesus says something amazing, and this should be encouraging for everybody listening. Whether you're like, John, I was done doubting when I was 13 years old. Fantastic. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you've believed. Okay, and that's, that's true. And that was sweet of Jesus to do that. He didn't have to do it that way. He could have just said, I'm not showing you anything. You have to take a step of faith, and, you know, that, that's it. He doesn't do that. He meets Thomas where he's at. But then he makes this incredible, incredible thing. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That's you and I. We'll never see what those disciples saw. For us, almost every step of our faith journey is a step of faith. When we pray, when you, when, for those of you who filled out your connection cards or you, you, you connected online with our app and just said, yeah, I'm here, and you put down one of your prayer requests, that was a step of faith. Because you've never seen Jesus raise someone from the dead. Now, maybe you've seen miracles, and they exist for sure, and all these things exist, but each day is like a step of faith. Every time you make an act of obedience, right? Whether you don't do something that he doesn't want you to do or you do something that he wants you to do, that is a step of faith. That's a risk. And Jesus says, "Blessed are you who who make that jump, who leap over." This is the same blessed as the beatitudes. And it's this idea that to the extent you can believe and it's 
redirect your life to be a life of a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, you will experience all the things of the kingdom that we'll be talking about in the next few weeks. A peace that surpasses all comprehension, that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And understanding that the word of God is the authority of God and that you can apply it to your life and it actually has an impact. All these things, all these little steps of faith, whether you're coming from just doubting the whole thing to like, I don't even know. I haven't heard his voice in a long time. Does he still love me? Blessed are you. So doubters, you're in good company. I want you to know that. You're in good company. And those who are seeking and trying to find out and trying to figure out, you know, you're trying to go from doubt to shout. And, and you know, you look at the person next to you during worship and they're worshiping and you got your hand up and they're like, oh, are you worshiping? Like, no, I have another question. <laughs> right? Just one more question. I just have one more question, right? You're in good, you're in good company. I feel that way a lot as well. Let me just, I'm going to switch to James real quick, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, James says this. Uh, he's talking about going through trials and everything, and that, that, would be a, that would be kind of a place where you might lose your faith. And why would God, why would a loving God allow me to go through all this stuff? Why would a loving God, you know, and so, he, so we pick it up from there, and James says this, let perseverance finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. This is, uh, th this is becoming like Christ. This is what a disciple does. The disciple will follow to become like the rabbi. We follow Jesus to become like Jesus. Then he goes on. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. <laughs> that is so tough. Like, ask God. Like, I can really hear from God. Wait, what? Yes, you can. But there's a caveat, because this idea of doubt is something you're going to have to handle every single week. He says, you should ask God who gives generously and uh, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, okay? In other words, make the attempt to walk out in faith, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Now, that's not an indictment on doubters. It's just the fact. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like you experience this in all, all walks of life when you don't know what to do or you don't, and you're just going back and forth and back and forth. Watch what he says as the worship band comes back up. He says, that person should not Expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now, do you, do you think that James is writing, uh, writing to berate you for your unbelief? Do you think James is trying to say, how dare you not believe? No, he's saying the opposite. If you would just believe, if you would just go, you know what? I'm in. I'm in. Then you will begin to receive the things of the kingdom of God. It doesn't work the other way. Once everything, all your questions have been answered, they won't all be answered. If you're a seeker, if you're curious, if you're a doubter, they won't all be answered. But there's going to come a time, as Jesus said, stop doubting and believe.
we're going to take a little bit of uh, time this morning, just one final song. And what we do during this time is to give you an opportunity to listen to the Lord. Uh, as Graham uh, plays in the band, uh, you, can, you can stand and worship like we were before. You can stay seated. You can pray. I like to go to the altar every Sunday after I preach and just kind of reset my heart for uh, the week. You can join me doing that uh, if you'd like. Um, but we want to hear from God. Maybe for some of you who are doubting or questioning, maybe, maybe this is your time to do the James thing and you just say, Lord, I lack wisdom in this. Just show me. Show me something. Talk to me. Speak to me. Bring someone into my life that can answer these questions, Lord. Help me believe. One time the disciples, Jesus asked, do you believe? They said, oh, we believe. Help our unbelief. <laughs> it's okay to have both. It really is. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for the fact that you walk us through these valleys of doubt. You walk us through not having our questions answered. Lord Jesus, we are thankful that the church and the home should be the safest places on the planet to ask any question we have. And you created both. So Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray as we wind down and worship and pray and we would hear your voice, Lord Jesus. You know what our next step is. We thank you for that in Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, if you're not standing already, go ahead and stand for the blessing. Graham, thanks again for being with us. We really appreciate you. Yep. Now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his strength, in his love, in his joy. That 2024 would be a year of great blessing and great growth in your life. Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.